0: One, two,
1: three, four. Welcome to season 2 episode 2 of Netbuskers podcast.
0: Why, hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Nutbuskers Folk Shop. My name is Stu. My name is Phil. And I'm Stork. And we're back again, and it's been like three weeks, I think, since the first episode came out. Yeah. Uh, We've gotten some good feedback on it. I got a couple emails we'll read after the song. You know,
1: it's weird. We're always here. We just sort of put stuff out in the void. I don't know if anything hits or not. So it's always good to have feedback. I enjoy it. It's,
0: yeah. Yeah, feedback is fantastic. If you want to email us about a song you want us to do or a question you have about any of the shit we're talking about, you can do that. And you can email us at contact at netbusker.net. And it, that email address works because we got two emails.
2: Oh, what? And this nice. is the first I've heard that there's two emails, so we certainly haven't read them. So when, when we when we talk about them, it'll be absolutely spontaneous.
1: Exactly.
0: Always.
2: Always. <laughs> Stu That's and I, once
1: we once had a phone-in thing, and, and, and we, we, had got, a, <laughs> we
0: had a, a Google... You remember, you used to be able to get a phone number from Google for free? Sure. And you could set that, this thing, and you could have it forward to your phone, or you could also have it go to a voicemail. So I set it up as a voicemail line for Happy Jacks. Okay.
1: Which was our old our other podcast, which yeah. is still going.
0: Happy Jacks yeah. RPG podcast. <laughs> and we... <one> of the <laughs> it makes me laugh. The second one still we did... Still makes me laugh. We did... We're like... Okay, um, we got uh, we got some voicemails, so we're gonna play them on air live, and then we're gonna react to them.
1: And Stu's like, I haven't listened to any of these, so it's gonna be a surprise. It's gonna oh be great. Just, this is what cute, this is why right. I queued off because you're like, okay. why I didn't know we had emails. Yeah. I'm like, and then we're just
0: like, I think three of them. Yeah, and like the first two are just you know people who call in. The third one is a wrong number in Mandarin, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, no 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 no. like, and then I I mute the thing, and both of us just <laughs> <laughs> It makes me still laugh because so any of you that thought we weren't. Like when we lied, when we said we weren't
1: listening to these before the show, (laughs) and and it it just—it still makes me laugh because the person just didn't say hello, hello, oh wrong number. They proceeded to like leave a message in Mandarin. Oh
3: yeah, it was a whole thing. It (laughs) It was was a whole thing.
0: I
1: would have said I have thoughts. It was a message. Someone obviously didn't listen to the greeting. No. And just what? left a message, and that's what made me laugh even more so. And then I couldn't get it together for the rest of the podcast. Doing, mm-hmm. I giggled like a bunch of schoolboys.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, they weren't <laughs> stranded in the middle of the <laughs> no, ocean right. no, on was- a, a satellite phone with one bar left, <laughs> yeah. and we were their last call for help.
2: No, I'm sure it was. Are oh, you interested in improving your home? Yeah, <laughs> please was, call this number. No, if you want, it wasn't. If you want it was the solar panels. This was before all of that. It was.
0: Yeah, it was. The, this wasn't like this is before the, all those scam calls. This is years, like, it was 10 years ago? Yeah, it was a long year. time ago.
2: Scam calls in the 80s, what are you talking about?
0: Oh, wait, yeah, but not very often. Anyway. And was... you wouldn't get them in Mandarin. No, no, that is true. <laughs> it, that is true. it still makes me laugh. So do you, uh, do you guys want to do Liverpool Judies first or Green men first?
1: Well, first of, all, Li- first of all, let's talk about the fact well, what we just did. We recorded two songs today. Yes, we did. And one is one is a Stuart Venable original that, uh, that we wrote uh, 10 years ago. At least. Oh, I and, can tell and, you
4: probably. And I believe
1: you actually wrote it as a request. No, um, I didn't. I don't think, I no, no, I don't think, I think this one just came to me. Okay. And then the other one is something I picked out years ago. I heard it uh, many, many years ago on a sea shanty album, and it's uh, it's called Liverpool Judy's, and it's a sea shanty, of which there's much to talk about just in the tradition of sea shanties. Shanties. Chanties. I'm going to look and see what. All oh, shanties. I think that the root of shanty is chanté <coughs> from the French.
2: Which means charmed?
1: Chanson, Sanson, that's what I meant, but that's, diff- that's, that's a diff-
2: shampoo <laughs>
1: <laughs> and not Sason, who's a French composer or Cezanne,
2: that was which is Cezanne, a fantastic, which past- is a beer
0: beard. painter. Yeah. Probably, oh, it's uh, it, it was on Wish You Were Beer and it was recorded uh, on in 2012, Eleven so I probably years? wrote it in 2011, okay, so 12, well, years ago.
2: 12
0: years ago. Nice, you want to talk about that one first? Sure. Okay. Well, agree. uh, This song does have a story to it. A backstory to it, I should say. And that is um, when we first started working for 1994, um, we had no stage time. They didn't give us any stage time. So we sang at the washing well because they would let us sing there. We'd go sing at the Maypole. If we found an empty stage, we'd seize it and sing a couple songs, but that didn't happen very often. And the other place that we were
1: always welcome to come and sing was the Green Man Inn. I need to I need to give one little broad background here. For those of you that don't know what Renaissance Fair is like, which is a little behind baseball, there's these environmental areas. Uh, back in the past, there were more than there are now, but these environmental areas are areas where the, the actors and, and street performers and stuff can just go and hang out, or sometimes they are a reenactment of themselves. Kelk Camp sort of reenacts a, an actual camp full of Celts making boats or whatever. And the Green Man was the fair's depiction of an actual inn from that time. And so there was a gate, there was a fence, there was tables for people to eat on and children running around. And it was ostensibly an environmental area, but it was a place where we as performers could go and kick back eat our lunch and just also just sort of we could be on stage but not worried about performing in the streets and being on the entire time
2: would they make food would they actually we would
1: bring our own and have sort of picnics but then we would have make a show of having the picnic we would talk in BFA and eat and all of that but um, that's that's kind of the backstory so it's it's an environmental area but it's not really a stage but people yet you could do some performing there. and they also they also
0: most importantly had kegs yeah and you could buy in for a share of the kegs, whether you were a member of the Guild of St. Albans, right? I think it was yes. St. Albans. Whether you were a member of the Guild of St. Albans or not, you could go and you could buy a share and they give you this little card.
1: Mm-hmm. And you could go and show it to them and then they'd fill your tankard up. And fair used to have these guilds, which were just loose affiliation, And people. And they still do. And, many of these guilds still do. And these people would be part of these groups in that way the uh, people that were part of like the court is all one group. And so that way the person who's in charge of court knows who the people are and who's in charge of. And then the military, that's that's another guild and they're all part of their own thing. Yeah. So I'm just describing sort of what the the hierarchy and how fair kind of works for those of you that have never worked in a an I environment have, like that. And
2: I should mention I joined the band 10 years into their run. Yeah, into yes. your run. So I I had never been in the um Glen Helen as a as a member of the band i was there as a patron many times but um it wasn't until irwindale so a lot of the environmental things he's talking about he's actually they're describing it to me because i actually have no idea so oh, anyway yeah. i you went back. as a patron i went as a patron yeah okay. but the, i mean i was you know i climbed the ladder thing or i did the scavenger hunt or i you know
3: try to so, get laid
0: so the green man was kind of our we, we got to use the green man sort of as our home base
1: we would keep our stuff there because you and I were in another singing group at the time too. You were two other singing groups. Well,
0: no, by were. that point, I was just, just
1: country managers. good. Good company was going. Back. So you and I had stage shows with another group, and then we would go and hang out at the Green Man as sort of our and backstage. It, right. And that you know, and then you could actually literally go backstage and smoke or make a phone call or whatever.
0: And then or, and then they had these tables up a, along the front front of the fence, and you'd stand up on the tables, and it was like a
1: little stage singing out to the
2: street. Ah, yeah, and we'd get. Which probably happened in the original taverns in the 1590s. Anyway. Absolutely, they encouraged it. us. Oh, yeah. they,
1: they were all more like they were like, the more you do, the less that we have to stand up here and like. So they would do bits yeah. to people to passers by as they walked by. There's an environmental area, and it was a lot of it was really good stuff. You know, Pop and Jay would do his things, but when singing groups showed up, they were like, "You guys are welcome to hang out here, but you got to do some singing." So we would do three or four songs. Yeah. every singing group did.
2: Sounds like what you're saying is by 2011, you missed it. <laughs> well,
0: that's kind of, that's kind of
3: part of what what the fuck happened oh what i hit my, I hit my mute button. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of
0: p- part of what the song's about but we ended up um wanting to start uh, originally we wanted to start sort of an actual stage like a scheduled stage and originally we were going to talk with um we talked with management with saint albans the people that ran the green man to see if we could come up with some sort of collaborative thing where the alehouse and had an actual stage audience could come in and sit at it we're trying to come up with this and uh we had a meeting with fair and this is back when fair management wasn't always the most constructive and they decided to pit us against each other you may not even know this because i don't think you were in this meeting but they basically said, oh, we got another group that wants to do something. And they basically sat there and and wanted us to try to outbid each other. Whereas what we were talking about was doing something cooperatively. And they saw, I don't know, it seems like they kind of saw it as an opportunity to see if they could get more out of us than what they did. And of course, as a result of that, the second year of Rogue's Reef stage, we built the stage and we built our hooch next to it. And it became kind of our stage. Other acts were there, Mm -hmm. but we built it. And we sort of stage managed it. And that's kind of, you know, n- now with the Merry Wives at uh, Irwindale, uh, it's kind of the same way. It's like, it's a kind of an environmental area, but mm-hmm. it's also a stage. And right. so and and- that ended up happening, but it was originally supposed to be part with the Green Man Inn. And I kind of felt set up by management a little. Mm-hmm. And I think they did too. And there were some hard feelings between the Boggards and Green Man. Oh, for okay. a couple years after that um that not, i did not know not not like serious mm-hmm. but like and i think in hindsight i look back on it and i thought probably around the time i wrote those song, it's like you know what i think those fuckers set us up <laughs>
1: Because fair management was different back then than it mm. is. Because I remember when we pitched the Rogues Reef, and I was I was kind of instrumental in saying I really wanted to be like Mad Sal's up uh, in San Francisco. Now right. Mad Sal's is part of the Dickens Fair, right. and the Dickens and the Matt. Victorian England was a lot more body. There's a lot more body songs, a lot more body opportunities than we necessarily do at the Renaissance fair. So Mad Sal's was this adult-only area. It had a bar in it, had a right. stage in it, and they would do these burlesque acts, ostensibly. And we were like, that's what we want for the Rogue's Reef stage down south. And once I said that, they were like, oh, oh, we get that. Well, we kind of already
0: had that, because when we, were doing, when we were having these meetings, we'd already had the first year of Rogue's Reef on the island. Right. So we got a taste of that and what it could be, but we wanted it to just be...
2: Yeah, more. yeah. So, <clears throat> by the way, D- by the way, Dickens Fair is great. It is. Oh, yeah. It really is I, a great experience. I love to go there every year.
0: And when I uh so, I wrote this song years later, but it was kind of about a sort not not necessarily making amends, but sort of like trying to kind of. Mm-hmm. Reach out because, if you may recall, I believe this was the CD we asked Mother Bumby, who was one of the Guild mistresses of St Albans that ran the Green Man Inn, if she would write the liner notes for the CD, mm-hmm. which she which she, she did. So we, there, in some ways, the song was kind of a mending fences song, mm-hmm. or like mending ties. I should say, not fences. <laughs> but um, the other the other thing about the song is something that. That I kind of always was a little annoyed by, and that is the fact that Renaissance Fair is this weird thing where a whole bunch of us who really enjoy doing it get together and do whatever it is we're going to do. We pour our hearts into it. I mean, there are people who, you know, prep. I mean, we kind of rehearse year-round, but there's a lot of groups that prep months before, you know, get really excited and, and, and go mm-hmm. in to do it, and they get in there, and they... Really feel ownership for it because our fair is different than a lot of other fairs in that we have these guilds and some of these guilds have hundreds of people
3: mm-hmm.
0: and and the most, vast majority of these people if are not paid or they're paid very very little they're just doing it because they love doing it right and the thing that many of us almost always forget is we don't own it no. <laughs> <laughs> it's owned by a company yes, mm-hmm. that runs it, that's trying to make money, mm-hmm. and so they make changes. And it's their company they're allowed to make changes. And, and as they make changes, people get irritated and they get mm-hmm. angry and they get frustrated because there's... There's everyone approaches fair on the way they want to do it, the way they think it should be. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about the fact that, you know, we don't do a lot of period music and I get a lot get grief for that tend to not get much grief anymore than I I used to. Mm -hmm. But I used to get some grief for it from people uh, because everyone's got it. And that's the other. Everyone's got an opinion about everyone else's group. Yep.
2: (laughs) Yep. So. Um, and each and each change, and I don't know if it's true, but the mindset is each change. Each change takes you further and further away from what you love. Those, magical, those magical, golden, golden days. days.
1: I was waiting, but I mean that's nostalgia. Well, it's, uh, anyway, yeah, what really we, really, we all of us look through the past through rose-colored lenses, and we forget.
2: I agree. What they're really looking at is, I miss my twenties. Yes, <laughs>
0: I've heard people say, "Oh, I miss Devore." You need to remember how hot it was before, right, right, right? But
1: 120 this, degree
2: but days. This and is the way nostalgia the works. Play. Yes, I
3: mean, we, all of us. You forget all, all that stuff,
1: and that's and what you've written is a nostalgic song, and that's fine. I mean, you can beat yourself up for saying it's not realistic or whatever, but that's not really the point of a song, and especially a an nostalgic song. Anyway, but, carry on.
0: But and the, and and that I kind of encompass in the final verse of the song to friends of old, friends of new, and to me foes and those between. Because I'm kind of writing this personally about people that I've pissed off. Over the course of fair, because I've certainly pissed off a number of people at fair. Yeah, I yeah, finally found it. We're gonna get our apology song. What's yeah. that
2: about?
1: You guys will never, never get an <laughs> apology. <laughs> we're Gen Xers. We're just you know, we're fierce. You know, like, you're like you just just rub some dirt in it. and Move That's
0: right. on. That's right,
1: right. <laughs> uh, remember why we gathered there. Remember
0: our beginnings mean, as in, remember why you're here.
2: Mm-hmm. You're
0: here because you love to be here. Keep that in your brain, not other shit. And our beginnings mean. And saying, remember how small we were too. Remember. Yeah. Right, he stay and, and this is as much to me as it is to other people. When I wrote it, because I was mm-hmm. like, you know, this is the shit I need to remember. Those days seems a long ago. The, the uh, so dim it fades to black. But we're the ones who made those times, the good old days. Devore, oh, Devore was so wonderful. Agura, you hear? There's, there's not as many of those people around anymore because I'm getting old. But Agura. <laughs>
2: They you still go used back to hear every people year. talk about
0: oh how wonderful a girl was. They go was.
2: back every year to the site, and I think one of the, the reasons
0: why we look at those older fair days and look back at them blissfully is because we were younger then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yep.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we're the ones that made those times, and we can bring them back. And and you know the point of that is, it it is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you got an onion, you either make onion soup or you can complain about the fact that you got an onion.
2: I hear
1: you. <laughs> I think you're undermining the emotional I- impact that, that you wrote. I'm in talking those, about in that. S- s- no, part. but that's there's an emotional impact in there where you are saying it's not. You're not preaching to everybody. You're just reminding everybody that, guys, we're the ones that made that magic, and you can make the magic here. Exactly. It's you're being very. We are. You're being very studious, but you're right. It, 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 at, at its heart, you're being very emotional about the fact that. Remember, we did all of this. It's not gone. It's It's kind of a call to arms.
3: Yeah, to ourselves. Maybe to you. I I see it
1: as a reminder. It's like
0: those times were great. Sure, we can keep making great times.
1: (laughs) There's nothing stopping us. And that's a great lesson to take across everything you do.
2: And I'm a perfect example is I didn't I didn't know this green man thing, and yet I'm having a great time doing this thing for the last 20 years, and uh, uh, it, it uh, still holds up for me.
0: And people cry when we do this song. Weep. Weep. Keening. There's yep.
2: people that keen, and they request it because they like that. Because, I
0: mean, I talk about the fact that this is a community that's been going on for 58?
2: 60, um, almost 60. Almost
0: 60 years now? I don't remember. It's been mm-hmm. going on since before I was born. Yep. And... And... You know, the, you, you show up at fair and there's all these people that, you know, you spend seven or eight consecutive weeks with, weekends with. Mm-hmm. And then m- many of them you never see again until the next year. Right. And when you come back, well, sometimes some of them didn't make it back. Sometimes because yeah, they decided they didn't want to do it anymore or they got sick and they died and all well, kinds of things. So Married I mean, and their wife won't let them. Right. But that they, that they in the <laughs> that first verse, there's always some people that cry because when it gets to the part for friends that I've left behind and those yeah. that left my side. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> there's think back to Owen Fife who uh, yeah. was got sick and died so fast that when we last saw him we thought we'd see him again the next year. It
1: was a big inspiration to your brother who um yeah, oh, yes. loved Owen Fife who was who was a fun. legitimate folk singer like, oh, like we all you loved, know yeah, he we traveled loved. around the world singing folk music we're beautiful voice too, Beut- and yeah. just and, and a historian and a genuinely nice man and, and we used to
2: sit in his shows a bunch of us and we would sing along. He yeah. would say guys join us. He, he knew who we he were. He was a
1: legitimate folk singer who yeah. who uh yeah he had in fact you could probably look him up Owen Fife Yep. but I, what I was gonna say shout was to, funny shout
2: out to Owen <laughs> it, is it fife like as in the P H Y F E. that's right
1: um it's falling out of my head now you were talking about
3: Greenland.
2: oh
1: again this is th- to remind everybody that this whole Rin fair thing is like the closest thing I can think of in the real world that to make to bring it some provenance is like maybe doing summer stock theater or maybe doing um, like when you go to college. And then you look back later and you go back to reunions, and everybody talks about how great it was in the frat, or they talk about the. Remember the time when you were like, like, in Or and... tra- like the people that, that run a traveling carnival but with less grift.
2: I don't. Yeah, <laughs> well. <laughs>
1: In fact, there are carnies. They have small hands and smell like cabbage. I,
0: a, I think
2: of something like Lord of the Rings when they shot that thing for 15 months. Yeah. They were there They were there two years.
0: And those people bonded. They all got they, tattoos. They all got, and got yeah. t-
2: matching tattoos because it's the kind of thing where they work so hard for so long together yeah. that you just can't break that bond. And I
1: think maybe that that's, that's what fair has been like for mm-hmm. a lot of people who literally they, they they set aside two, three months of their life. I'm going to
0: disappear for three months every spring.
2: Yep. And, and that's just this. the way it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's so there's a lot of memories and a lot of emotion attached to this weird fair thing that we do.
2: And this a lot of emotion, and memories in this song.
1: And that's I, to me, that's what your song is. Is it sums up all of that stuff that people feel about fair? Because it is. It's a complicated relationship that we have. It is. I'm gonna go ahead and play it now.
5: All right. Too long have I wandered. that I have left behind and those that left my side. I long for those days when I would settle with a grin and sit and laugh and drink and sing at the Green Man Inn. So
3: keep an eye open for. the I will pass through there once more And I'll set me down with a tankard full And toast to those within God save the mistress and her host God save the green man in. They say
1: with age comes wisdom But it mostly brings regret For those to whom I have done wrong, And those to whom I owe a debt. But one day soon I hope to be back where I miss most, And troubles old will
3: be forgot Amongst that happy home. So keep an eye open toward that aged open door. I swear before my days are done, I will pass through there once more. And I'll set me down with a tankard full and toast to those within. God save the mistress and her host. Save the Green Man I swear before my days are done, I will pass through there once more. And I'll set me down with a tankard full and toast to those within. God save the mistress and her host, God save the green man.
1: And that was Green Man Stu, a, that's a lovely tune. It really is. I'm Keening. Right. And just one, one last thing on this. I mean, what key is this in? because it's a little different than stuff you normally write. I'd, it's I'd in D. Almost modal.
0: No, it's in D. Okay. It's just, it's. I mean, it's in one of the two keys I write almost everything in. <laughs> D or G.
1: I know because the bass line doesn't go. I don't know. it Doesn't go where it usually feels
0: it's like it's got. It needs to. Yeah. Well,
1: it's got it, the chord progression is a little different.
3: There are three. There
2: are three about. keys. You write in B minor a lot too.
0: B minor is D. What? Huh? B minor is the same as D. But not D minor, which is the saddest of all keys. Anyway, D minor is the same as F. Yeah.
2: Okay. I
3: there,
0: I know I know the relative major and minors of like
1: three keys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why when you play an F, there's a D minor It's a transition. where you play keep, in D keep, minor, keep my F.
3: relatives out of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it, it it doesn't it 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 doesn't go to. It is different, and that's because this may be one of those rare songs where I wrote the melody. Very early on. I don't think I wrote it before I wrote the lyrics, but I think I wrote it very early on.
1: Well, and that that transitions well into this next one, which is, I think we think it's in a mode. This song, it's a written. It is a little bit of music theory out there. There's like what we do now for traditional music, but way back in the day, they had what eight modes, seven different modes. Oh, there's seven modes, and and you can go look all of that up. It's much more complicated than my minimal music theory. There's
2: seven. There's There's gluttony. jealousy. I
1: think this might be mixolydian. I, I just mean, like I to say know. mixolydian. It's a great name. I don't know. Mixolydian mode. That's it's got the an bad accidental guy, Superman,
3: right? yeah.
1: yeah. Mr. Mixolydian, right? You make mixolydian. anything happen.
2: I like big mixes and I don't lie.
1: um so
2: what
0: Now I when I first cuz Bill had mentioned this song to me when he came out to fair one of the days he came out this year. Says we should do Liverpool Judys. And I'm, I, I immediately think, oh, it's another like Sea Shanty about hookers. <laughs> but it kind of, another. But that's not what the Liverpool Judy's are. Well, probably. As well, it we, turns out
1: we looked it up, right? And and first of all, let's a little, a little backstory for those of you just joining us. Sea shanties are this long, long tradition of uh, work songs that people would sing aboard ships. And it really does make it begs the question. You start going down the rabbit hole, like who wrote these sea shanties? Because some of them are genuinely musical, yeah. and and then like. Well, like,
2: because they want to keep the rhythm going so that it moves like a machine. Because so it's, it's a work. Right. And
1: and then there's different classes. There's like a capstan work. There's a rowing uh, yeah. sea shanty. And then there's like a hauling sea shanty. So they had they had these work songs. They were songs.
2: seems specifically for capstan because they keep mentioning them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and
1: well, like the Wellerman, kind of yeah. a, a hot mm-hmm. shanty at this
0: point, is a cutting-in shanty for when right. you're whaling, when you're stripping so blether off of wolves. And then
2: you know,
1: everybody would sing these things and stay in rhythm and, and it would work. And it... it, it we don't really do it anymore, but these songs are catchy as hell. I yes. want to know if there was like a group of people that wrote these songs and then taught them to everybody. I you don't know, was this like because oh, who knows? They're all anonymous, but they they Mm-mm. haven't really changed throughout the years. And that, again, that's one of the neat things about being a folk singer is that we're singing this song exactly or ninety percent of the way it would have sounded back mm-hmm. then. Right, just a guy
0: singing. Now,
2: how long have they been sailing ships? This song could could be in some form five hundred, six hundred, a thousand years old.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and the, the interesting thing to me is like we we picked a tempo where it sounded good and it was mm-hmm. easy to sing and everything else. But the tempos of these things were determined by the work exactly. Mm-hmm. And and it, in fact, I think that we need to have tug of war contests at fair next year, <laughs> and we need to pull, <laughs> make a team and yeah. sing a, sh- a shanty while we're pulling so we all pull at the same time, Oh, you Oh, You've yeah. seen uh, what's a uh, Squid Game? Maybe mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you've not seen it. In the Squid Game, there's a tug of war thing. Spoilers, um, and th- there's like the whole thing is we all have to pull at the same time. So they do yeah. this sort of, sort of like rhythmic pulsing thing. It's like, Ugh! yeah, Ugh! and all the you know, whole ten of ten people are pulling all at the same time. That is hard to resist against.
2: Yeah. Well, and the same with um, uh, you think crew, or your rowing crew. Right. You know, they're, they're counting out the rhythm. There's a guy yelling out the rhythm so that they all pull at the same time.
1: The Romans, right, with the drum and everybody would pull oh, yeah. and, and row at the oh, same yeah. time or they had a drum. It's either that
0: or a pair of fucking brass knuckles
2: well, and which that, mentioned yeah, in this in the song for prison ships Yeah. you know they right. they're always pictured under you know in the bowels of the ship and then nothing but a towel and chains right. around and going, right ball, right ball, ball. and
1: they had a drum but uh, i guess guide, uh, yeah. european sailors had songs to keep them it's like them.
2: six caliber episodes about the uh, and about and it. and it makes brass knuckles and it makes that's sense, that's
1: sense because i mean even in the army now people have these like you know ah, da, 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 as yeah. they walk as mm-hmm. they're marching around mm-hmm. and and it's it's a way for everybody back before know just a way for everybody to stay in sync because when yep. everybody's pulling on a rope you need everybody to pull at the same time so you need that you need that
2: someone invented a motor which does <laughs> right. pretty much the same thing exactly just goes in rhythm bum, 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 bum. right you um, can hear it, it's man-made but it's a song
1: so that's kind of the backstory for shanties for those who had no idea what one is um, and then yeah when we were talking when we were doing a little research on this song uh, first of all, there's two versions of it. There's mm-hmm. New York Judies and then Liverpool Judies. I think it's New York. No, I, I think once they're San both Fr-
2: called Liverpool Judies. One's New York, one's San Francisco. Okay,
0: oh, it's where they go. That's yeah. where they go. They um, end up
1: back in Liverpool. And 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 you picked the the dirtiest of them.
0: <laughs> I picked the one that had whore in it twice. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> it's
2: just his eyes perk up when he's... brings it oh,
1: to where you, bad word where you wanted to stay, <laughs> what you wanted to say earlier, which is um, Judies. And I think it's a double entendre because the Judies, it turns out, is also either the <coughs> the trade winds or the currents. That wasn't really clear in the stuff
0: that I read, but it seemed like what I read, the takeaway, <coughs> seemed like a, like the, the, the Liverpool Ju- Judies have got us in tow. Right. Is the cur- it's the current, mm. but who knows? Yeah. I don't know anything I about these. But
1: amazing. again, I think it's a double entendre, because the Liverpool Judies, which would have been probably the, yeah, like the current, it's probably the current, because it does right. say tow. It's probably the currents have got us in tow and then the haha Judy is also the name of, of a of a girl a woman so it's double clever that yeah. you know and it's and we in our in our modern day and our modern perch we like to dissect this thing to the point where you know this is what they meant exactly I'm like who people knows had do- people, people had a sense of humor back then yeah. too oh, yeah. I'm, That's true. double entendre was quite yeah. popular uh, uh, everywhere lust and I guarantee you that that this was hysterical to the sailors and anybody that knew anything nautical because you know, oh we used it two ways right
2: Shakespeare had no uh, no problems with with putting lust in his shows. I mean, there are people, you know, Romeo and Juliet, the the wedding scene. If they can't keep their hands off each other, the priest is trying to keep them separated. And there's the taming of
1: the taming of the shoes. Like what? With with my my tongue 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 in your tail. Come again. Yeah,
2: it's all there. It's all there. Anyway, uh, um, but I think I think it also could be um, sailors. uh, An all male ship would uh, something that is they're powerless for. They would name it after a woman. You know, sure. It's as, as as something that drags them towards and they have no control over where it's going. And I can I, see sailors naming that. Effort. And all ships are women. And so, all ships
0: could are the women. Liverpool Judys be the girls they left behind?
2: Uh,
5: uh, does, the yeah. lyrics don't yes. seem to indicate that. But,
2: but think of the, the the metaphor of we're going this way and it's pulling us this way. You know, right. like There's something we left behind. Yeah. And
1: every sailor, I'm sure, at various ports of call had their favorites. If, especially if you were on a certain circuit, you would come back into the same port of call and look up the same right. Judy, girl, whoever. You are. I hope she didn't die of a social disease or while you give were Or give gone. it to you later, right. right.
4: <clears throat> oh, Judy, Judy, Judy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then this song, because it's it's old enough, I think they figured it was in the 1800s, perhaps? Probably. I, I looked it up, and I had stuff printed up that I was going to be able to recite it. But it's, it, it's, um, it's been through some permutations. I think the earliest might have been in the 1700s, but into the 1800s. And somewhere, two sets of lyrics diverged out mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And if you start looking up shanties, you'll find... All kinds of different words. They're usually, generally, the same story, but words change and move. And
2: I'm going to guess by the 1800s, by the 19th century, uh, you had the San Francisco version. There wouldn't have been really been one in the 18th century. There you They're go, in right. New York. So as they move west, they took the song west.
1: And I, years ago, I read. Um, well, what's his name? Uh, oh, who's
0: what's the British sailor that took the Golden Hind all the way up? Drake. Drake. He they, he got because he, he made it to the west coast. Mm-hmm. Of the Americas and he got really far north yeah he did.
1: like surprisingly far i read a book called three days before or three years before the mast and it's about George Frederick Dana mm-hmm. George Frederick, about Dana from Dana, where Dana point is later and he talks about being on these coasts going all the way down around Cape Horn and coming or mm-hmm. yes yeah, at Cape Horn or Good Hope down there in South America clearly all of us are well-known sailors I think it's it's horn too. I think good hope is Africa Africa. so coming up and then working up and down the West Coast and he talks about Dana Point is named after him because he uh, the 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 Cowboys that were here were doing cattle and they would slaughter cattle make leather and then they would have these bundles of leather and they threw them off the cliff onto the beach and then he would George Dana would go and Uh, sometimes have to climb up the cliff to knock them off to get them down, and he would store them until when the ship came by, and then they would load the ship, and then eventually they would have enough uh, leather that they would go back down over to the East Coast. But they would go up and down getting timber and leather and things on the West Coast, and then eventually they'd get full and they'd move on. I don't understand.
0: I don't understand why you wouldn't just go across country. Especially going around that Cape, because if if you ever watch any movies where they they go around...
1: Fuck that. When well, we wallop around Cape Horn. <laughs> wish to God you never oh were born. Oh, my God. That's another sea shanty that we have right. in South Australia. Well, that's why
2: they kept trying to find the Northwest Passage. Trying to, there's got to be a quicker there's way. There's got to be a better way to get through they, here. There's that's, no other goddamn way until Teddy Roosevelt got the Panama dug a canal. Big, yeah, yeah,
1: and thousands of people died of malaria to do it because it was a whole lot easier well, than going around Cape Horn. There's a whole other
2: podcast right there, what happened in Panama. Because there was a revolution. Roosevelt backed uh, with some money, a revolution, to take Colombia away from Colombia. And they created this country of Panama so they could buy the canal. And and, and this is after the French and tried it, to do it. And that's where the $20 million And it
1: was a swamp full of yeah. like snakes and mosquitoes. Yeah. And there was a lot of malaria. By the, time Teddy,
2: by the time Teddy's group got there, they had figured out that they'd dry up the swamps. And they did. They filled the swamps and dried them out. And the, the mosquitoes went away and everybody lived. Not everybody, but, you know. So, the only thing that killed you was a construction. And it was
1: not a cheap... And not oh an easy endeavor. So I mean, it was that was it was worth it to dig that big trench than it was to go all yeah. the way back around that, yeah, Cape Horn. It's crazy. Should
5: we play it? Sure.
1: All right.
5: From Liverpool to Risicoverov Rovin' I went to live in that country. It was my intent, but drinking strong liquor like other damn fools, I soon got transported back to Liverpool and,
4: and its row, row bullies, row them Liverpool Jews
3: has got a in tow. I joined the Alaska
4: lying out in the bay awaiting their wind to get underway. Her crew was all weary, all sick and so sore. They had too much liquor, they had too much whore. And it's row,
3: row, row boys, row them liverpool duties has got a in tow. Then up stepped the mate in a hell of a stew.
1: Looking for work for the sailors to do It's four stops and
3: hellyards They loudly did roar And play a lap son of a whore And it's row Row bullies, row Them Liverpool duties has got us in tow One
5: night off Cape Horn I shall never forget And oft times I sighs When I thinks of it yet She were making twelve knots With her main so set and diving boughs under the hole of a sweat And it's roll,
3: Row bullies, roe Them Liverpool duties has got us in tow
4: We was hauling and pumping the whole bloody way By Jesus, on that trip we sure earned our pay The mate was a cow son, the bosun was worse With our knuckles, they added
3: some weight to a curse And it's roll. Rowbullies, row them Liverpool, Judy's has got us in tow. Here's a help to Cap Samuels wherever he be, a friend to
1: a sailor on land or on sea. But as the first mate, when he's likely to
3: pass, I hope that he hangs from the yard by his brass. And it's Row, Rowbullies, row them Liverpool, Judy's has got us in tow.
0: All right, and that
1: was Liverpool Judy's. Again, it's a it's a it I like the uh, the tune. It's it they, is that's we were talking earlier it's in a mode we think because it doesn't quite go to the modern ear. There's a the you were saying it's weird because it, you like it makes you kind of doesn't resolve very, right, yeah, very yeah, well. right. To our modern ear we're like it's like, missing that that big bang at
0: the end.
2: But it's the sort of chorus weird. is great. Chorus is great.
1: But I mean especially people who listen to primarily
0: popular music mm-hmm. as opposed to like classical music and things like that um, we're very used to one, one specific mode or, you know,
1: Aeolian, which mode, is minor. Yeah, one four five. that's what, that's all modern music is like that. And then this stuff ends because it goes weird places. Um, Anyway, uh, sea shanties are an amazing thing. We should probably explore more of them on yeah. this because uh, as folk music goes, it's it's fascinating. Again, the work songs, but they also are little capsules of what was happening at the time. They're time capsules, and that's awesome. It is music. It truly is, is.
0: Music makes a great time
2: capsule,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and it's enjoyable.
2: Absolutely.
0: As opposed to opening up a time, a real
1: time capsule.
2: Oh, look,
0: moldy books. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and,
1: and the nice thing about shanties, or at least the fun <laughs> thing about shanties to me, is that uh, as opposed to being sort of idyllic and, and nice they're nasty and dirty and they really you get a whole sense of how hard and terrible things were or oh, even yeah. how nasty people were
0: well the fact that's I mean I've already alluded to it but the, the 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 bosun going around with a pair of fucking brass knuckles right. is like right. oh you're not working hard
1: enough I'm gonna Boom. give you a couple lumps we <laughs> didn't write this this is this is 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 comes to us from the past Damn.
0: this is
2: some
1: author from uh, two three hundred years ago writing, it the, writing to us and
2: the reason they weren't working very hard is because they're all hung over and sore <laughs> from, the, from the women <laughs> and drinking
3: <laughs> I mean, you
2: know, <laughs> love that, and
0: probably you know, thin rations and they hadn't, yeah, had watered much. down rum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we got a couple emails. I'm going to read them real quick. Okay, can't wait. Uh, this first one is from um, Andreas, uh, former happy. happy right, gets. I remember Andreas. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Hi there, Stu. I just wanted to send an email asking if you had another season coming, and then it dropped. Yay. Uh, I love the new format with the three of you. There's always more lively dynamic uh, when there's more people in the room. Good stuff. Uh, I loved when we talked about how you write songs, how you start with the chorus, and how to develop a melody. It would be very cool to have more stuff like that in future shows, maybe disassembling
1: one of your own songs, question mark. I'm looking forward to the new episodes. Thank you, Andreas. I appreciate it.
3: Wonderful. Yeah, Thanks. Stu
1: Stu glosses over the fact because it's writing songs. It's I don't want to say it's easy, but it's just it's something Stu does, and he, I don't think he understands the fascination that those of us out here on the outside who can't do that are fascinated with that process. For me, it's a very fickle thing.
0: It's like if I got a good idea, then it's gonna I'm gonna write a song and it's gonna be done in twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. If not, then I'm gonna sit and labor over it and pour over
1: it, and then maybe it'll be good, but usually not. Well, for, <laughs> okay. I sort of talked about it last time, but there's there's musicians out there that are really great musicians. We have a couple in our band who can read music flawlessly, and they're very good. But they don't write music. No. It's a kind of a different animal. Um, and I equate it to like like when you're watching a movie. And I was always fascinated at the special effects. Like when Star Wars came out, I'm like, those spaceships are really cool. How do they do that? And I can go uh, watch. Now you get to watch the the back behind the scenes. Sure. And see how the trick was done. And I. Kind of think it's the same fascination with the people who write music. I can sing, I can rap, but I can't really write a tune like you do. And maybe you can't even nail down how it is you do what you do. But I think it's fascinating to, as an insight to a, a creative, yeah, and your creative process. A lot of us just are. We love to see how that happens, and some of us use it as a starting point to start our own processes. Sure. So, I, I, I encourage you to talk about your creative process more if you're comfortable, because yeah. sometimes if you start talking about it, you can like Him end up like not, <laughs> not. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but we don't write music. You and I just write words.
2: I've written songs, absolutely, start to finish on piano. Oh, okay. But when it comes to the band, I I like Stephen to help out because he writes better than I do. Well, but I've written absolutely. I've written songs on piano, start, start to finish, lyrics and music. Um, <laughs> but I I do lyrics and he does music because they're better.
0: It works better that way. Yes. And uh, honestly, the melody. I I pro- of all of the things I do when I write songs, the melody is probably the thing I spend the least amount of time on. <laughs> well, that's the thing that came to you first, and you can tell if you look at earlier songs because it's like one note, one note, one note, one note, up one, down, <laughs> down, nine, 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 nine. down here because the chord changed here, and then up here because the chord changed well, as well. Yeah. And it's like that's barely
1: a melody. <laughs> but, but, but then that <laughs> that also begs the the question, or it doesn't beg the question, but it, but there's a the other skill is arranging, which you've gotten very good at, at least in this style too. You're working you're working in an almost I'm very good at arranging style.
0: for this band
3: i think you're
1: good at <laughs> arranging you just haven't flexed your muscles enough with other things maybe. but, but yeah. and, and again you're we have been writing in this fake ancient folk style that, that or you have for, right. for for so many years and you're very good at it but i think you're very good at arranging especially for men's voices and yeah. if you had to expand this to a 16 or a 30 part vocal track you could steven arranges too <clears throat>
3: Jesus
2: he's Christ. not here
1: <laughs>
2: no I. Feel like
1: but true. it it my,
0: m- most of my arrangements i mean the, the only creativity that goes into my arrangements is besides the melody if there's any in that is the tenor line because i want the tenor line to have its sort of own melody or have it at least sound a little melodic because it's so prominent because our tenors are fucking loud so I, i i do put a little bit of time into that but bass
1: Whatever notes are It's just left. whatever yeah, chord yeah. I'm no, no, playing, no, no. you're singing in <laughs> the no, bass room. Is, <laughs> bass is fine. we are four five. We're like our one yes, three so you five. you guys are okay. on the but but oh tonics oh depending oh, on what the oh, chord is. Oh, and, oh, and if you're oh. if we're not there, mm-hmm. if bass isn't. i would sing bass, obviously. Right. If, if we're not there, everything falls apart. We learn that the hard way. Oh, yeah. And for those of you who want to just listen in, um, for every choral arrangement, whether it's professional, whether it's Stu or Steven, whether it's The Merry Wives of Windsor, there's always some leftover notes, and the parts that get that for men are the baritones, the second, berry second lines, lines. and then for women it's altos. altos. Yeah. And if you ever oh isolate God. those tracks, they're fucked. They're, they're hysterical. <laughs> There's no, they make no rhyme or reason. No, they way. make there have no melody. <laughs> they're, and they're hard to learn. And the person that has to <laughs> sing them is just singing these weird leftover notes that make no sense and, and, and these horrible intervals. Because
5: oh, terrible. well, I
1: need the, we don't have the
0: third in this chord yet, so you're singing the third. I don't care if it's a. Yeah augmented sixth away.
1: In fact, we should nail that <laughs>
0: fucking Someday thing. when we go, we, maybe <laughs> Isol- we're about yeah, to-
2: Well, we got to isolate the, the Barry 2 and play it. On we the should.
1: <laughs> we should just play a Barry 2 line at some point just to point out to the fact that, that these <laughs> people- I'll find a good fucked up one. Yeah, of- yeah, really bad. <laughs> and it requires a good singer because they just have to sell those notes because they make yeah. no sense. Yeah. And they they work in the chord, but for the most part, the person's like, ah, 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 ah. Kind of, And honestly, they're, they're kind of ho- those
0: those second berry lines are kind of hard to rehearse by yourself absolutely because you don't have the if once you have the context of the chords that you're mm-hmm. fitting into
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's very easy to like oh i didn't quite make that interval but i know where i'm supposed to be now because i can hear everyone else right but when you're doing it when you're doing like just trying to learn it by yourself it's it can be really
1: hard yeah. music history 101 that's kind of what made madrigals so neat not only do they sound lovely, but from a composing standpoint, when you start to look at them, each line is melodic. Ostensibly, a really good madrigal, each line is melodic. Yes. And then when they all go together, it's it makes gorgeous, gorgeous, yes. gorgeous yeah, yeah. sound. And it was a trick for people writing madrigals. It was kind of like a fun thing for for uh, the authors to do, just try to challenge themselves and how can I make each line melodic and then still work as a song? Right. Because it's a whole lot easier to end up with and the not, leftover notes for the baritone.
0: Not just with regards to notes and harmony, but they also a lot of most madrigals also playing with with uh, meter mm-hmm. because yes. there you've got all this counterpoint going on where people's downbeats for their melodies are in different spots which causes all kinds of interesting interesting rhythmic things to happen as well it's yeah. really and, and it's, complicated it's hard to write that hard
2: shit. to sing it, that it, yes that it is and, and, a, counter, uh, rhythm, and rhythm. a lot
1: of these authors uh, also would get together in pubs and write these uh catches And it's kind of like a little mini madrigal, but it usually has a joke in it. And each line has its own melody. Which you then sing together, catches and rounds, and each, each, and then once each, you'd sing each line isolated, and it makes sense. Then when you put them together, it makes it a complete song now. It's a trio or a and four part. And it's a parts. catch.
0: There's also usually some, some, some dirty thing that shows yeah, up when the, you do
1: a whole. The joke, it, when you do it, that transfers between all the parts that you don't get until you put them all together. So obviously, so,
2: we have to do a catch at some point Yeah, three of yeah. us here. There's tons of them. Oh, yeah. There's tons of
0: them. And, and a lot it,
1: of that stuff survived. And it's, and it, it was funny for the listeners because suddenly <laughs> this joke comes out and it was funny to write so that people, and remember back in. The day everybody played or sang and did music, so so people were, I think were a bit more educated maybe in musical structure than we are nowadays. So it was, it was really hysterical these catches and, and rounds mm. to the, the average layman because they at least had a passing knowledge of how to perform stuff. Yes, uh, I got one more email. Uh, this is from Mike.
0: I'm gonna have a tum, he's <laughs> singular, a oh, one tum, just one tum. It's all I need, <laughs> it's like a cock push up. <laughs>
1: You got 16 tons. What do you get?
0: Card burn. Hi, Stu. Hope all is well. Last season, you played Drink Till I Die. Last season, session, you played Drink Till I Die and commented uh, that the Rogues Reef crowd seemed to really vibe with this song, even though it's about someone drinking themselves to death in a sort of devil-may-care way. And if anyone had any insights on that, they should email in about it. So guess what he did? Yeah.
1: It's very uh, Leaving Las Vegas there. Remember that movie?
0: Yeah. As I move from my 30s into my 40s with fair as a shining seven weekends in the spring, I have noticed the nights out at bars have dropped by 95. Oh.
2: Okay. No, we're checking. good.
0: Just it just goes to sleep for some reason. I thought I'd shut that off. Um, I I have noticed that nights out at bars have dropped by 95%. That does happen. Yeah. And uh, even concerts are down to maybe 50%. I'm also definitely not a g- goes golfing and crushes a six-pack or more of beer throughout the day and or football Saturday, Sunday with beer and wings guy. Mostly I'm two glasses of wine or sake with dinner and maybe a glass of scotch or port afterward guy on Friday and Saturday nights. For the most part, that's a very complicated sentence. Right. <laughs> when, when, with that said... When I show up for fair on Saturday or closing Sunday after eating salads and exercising all week and all all year to date, I am ready to party and crush some beers and mead and the devil may care about the consequences. Uh, Tying this into uh, drink till I die. If you indulge in a cheeky tailgate drink at your car before entering fair at like 9 a.m., then have your first drink in hand at fair by 1015 and then have one in your mug at any given moment till the first Boggard set at the Reef, which happened at 1 yeah, this year, I right. think. So you've been drinking
1: it, for hours. Yes, if you started drinking at 9 in the right. car parking lot, because fair doesn't open till 10. Uh, first Boggard set at the Reef,
0: let alone the later ones. That's a full marathon of drinking, not unlike the time passage in the song, 3 a.m. to noon. Yeah. Um, Imagine if you continue drinking till after the joust to death and then on towards the exit. So when you're at the reef and drink till that eye comes on and you've been drinking and there's a great straightforward sing along part, you give it your all and live in the moment. It kind of reminds me of a sort of St. Patty's Day celebrations you get in the East Midwest where there's a downtown parade and people do kegs and eggs at 7 a.m. Oh, and you know, it's not weird. deviled eggs. It's like, Mm -hmm. if I'm making breakfast, I'm only going to have three eggs because, like, six eggs would be crazy. But if they're deviled eggs, the entire platter. I can can, (laughs) can pound a dozen deviled (laughs) eggs. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. easy. Um, Because it's it's like pizza. Yeah. A pizza is, you know, probably 5,000 calories, but it's like, oh, no, I can eat this whole thing. Watch me.
2: I (laughs) got room. I can feel it. Yep. (laughs) It's always taste versus appetite.
0: Uh, do kegs and eggs at 7 a.m. and then head to the parade to get wild. Anyway,
1: that's at least my perspective. Cheers. You Mike. know, and people always
3: say, Thank oh, you, Mike,
1: I, you guys you guys are drink so much and it's like, you know what? Just think of fair as like an entire Super Bowl weekend. You remember Super Bowl weekends? People start drinking at 8. You're oh, out yeah. there barbecuing, you like, and people got a beer in their hand, and they don't stop drinking nope. till three or four or later. Right. You know, it's, and if your team loses, you
3: drink a drink, little more. <laughs> and if your team wins, <laughs> drink
1: a little more. So and it lasts the entire weekend. So, yeah. Or even Thanksgiving right. and stuff like yeah. that. So this this happens. We all, we all like to party and drink. And, and I think that that song does speak to that. The lyrics are about drinking yourself to death, and yet... Lyrics are dark. It's also about celebrating the fact that we're all just, you know, drink. Right. Who cares? Damn the torpedoes. We're going to drink. And, yeah. and I, I remember, I, 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 don't,
0: I don't want to, like, spoil this person's idea, but someone mentioned the fact that, like, uh, to an alien species, we might be, like, Crazy. Oh yeah. Because like we will sit and ingest poison for fun because of the effects it has Is it shuts down our brain. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll do it regularly and and in groups. And in groups. We will do it.
1: <laughs> right. Let's drink poison. Yes. <laughs> I, all animals do. I mean apparently uh, uh elephants will eat rotten fruit till they stumble around and right. same with the same with apes and all, th- all we're all looking for that buzz. All dogs yep. love beer. Everybody's yeah. looking for it. It shouldn't be too that. hoppy, but all dogs love beer. Oh, okay. I've never met a dog that if he like pour a little beer they're there.
0: Okay. They love it. They love the taste.
1: And and I think in the tradition of folk songs, especially when we were talking about shanties earlier,
2: they're all a little dark. Yeah. You know?
1: And it's it's part of the story. It's part of the human condition. And saw, it's I part saw, of
2: life. Uh, I saw a camel uh, down a Heineken. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that sounds like the opening of a joke.
2: No, no. It was <laughs> the opening of Peter O'Toole showing up on David Letterman's <laughs> on a camel. On a fucking camel. That's right. And then he says, my noble transport is a bit thirsty. And he pulls out from his own coat. <laughs> And a cigarette in his mouth, pulls out a uh, Heineken, and gives it to the camel. Who the man
1: knew how to make an entrance. Dips his <laughs>
2: Best entrance I've ever seen in my life.
1: Wow, he's a he was a weird dude. Yeah, yeah. But when you wrote that song? What was in your head? A long time ago. Yeah.
2: Well, you mentioned "Drink Motherfuckers," where it all started. That, yeah. Well, yeah. Chant.
0: It was inspired by a rap song that Charlie did.
1: Charlie was our old engineer. He was yeah. the unsinging boggard for many, many years. He's st- still a good friend.
2: The he could still Boggart.
1: engineer any song if he wanted to. It's up to him. And he had written this thing
0: for a homebrewing show, a uh, uh, podcast. Right. I can't right. remember what, what it was called. Bucket. Brewers. Oh, I don't remember the name of it. But I think it's still going. Mm. Um, and, and that's where the – because in the thing – because it was a rap song. And in the thing – he got to one part where it goes and drink motherfucker, drink motherfucker, drink, and then it, you know the lyrics go on, and I'm like, can I? And I asked him, like, can I steal just that one section for a song? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, okay, thank you.
2: The rest is history. And the rest then is history wrote the whole thing,
1: and it. I mean, I. I think the lyrics are dark, but a lot of people just don't necessarily listen to the lyrics, or they, they put their own spin on it. Everybody's looking forward to being able to shout, Drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink. Yeah, and that kind of came out yeah. in the performance. So we all just decided, like, let's get the audience to do this. Because originally we were doing it, right. and now the, the joke's come out. we've written signs, and now the joke comes out. we don't actually even say it much anymore. No, I'm using it to catch my breath. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, we get, and I'm out there pointing at the audience and having them shout it. So at the right. end of the day, we sometimes use it as an excuse. When Ferris says, you guys shout, motherfucker, it's like, we don't actually shout that. That's you guys. That's them.
2: <laughs> and to, to me, the song's a metaphor. It doesn't mean you're going to drink till you die. It right. just means I'm not going to stop until I'm done partying. Yes. Right.
0: Uh, uh, ain't nothing wrong with that. No. Any, anyone have anything else they want to bring up? I, I have a very brief escapade about my
1: adventures. Right. In... We should keep this going. In, in the continuing saga bit. of Stu and his well, detector. History.
4: This is a short one. Okay. One. The, the, metal, the detector. metal detector thing. Maybe? Oh, that's oh my gosh! What remember, happened?
2: Remember, we left Stu that's with right, like, I'm gonna next right. episode. Next time I see you, I'm going to have done it. So it's it's people very, do want to know. Very
1: complicated thing. Okay. Your your brother out. actually even like said to me, he's like, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what
2: Stu <laughs>
0: finds. <laughs> well, everybody's invested now. Yeah. I,
1: I did that right after th- we recorded
0: that last session. I went in on my laptop in the house and I did a deep dive to try to find places, in this, the sort of San Gabriel Valley area, where which is where I live, where I can. Use a metal detector without getting harassed, mm-hmm. because that's sure. one of the problems is a lot of places you go, especially if they see someone with a metal detector, they know that they've got digging tools on them. They're going to start putting holes in their lawn or their putting green or whatever. The or fuck if, they find, are. if you find
1: if you find you know some Viking horde they're going to want a part of it. So it's like, hey, if you're going to, you're oh going to, right. Yeah. right, right, yeah,
0: that's the whole thing. Like that, like in like all of these, um, everything I've read about it, they talk about the fact that. Sometimes the most lucrative stuff you can find is on private property that someone else owns, but you have to have a. They actually, almost all of these clubs make like a form, like a yeah, like a boilerplate form where you can fill in your information and they have them sign it. And these are these are you know uh, agreements that have been tested in court, so they know that they're
1: they're sound. No, I could easily see somebody wanting a piece of the action that you did all the work and they want the money, and
0: that and that can happen if you if you like you go on someone's land and you find out oh look. There's a fucking Viking burial ground, yeah. Yeah. and there's like a giant ship and a shit ton of gold and yeah. all kinds yeah. of other stuff. Suddenly, if that guy says, "Oh, that's on my land, so that belongs to me," yep. it's mm-hmm. like, "Well, you signed this contract that says otherwise. That yeah. we're going to split it." Which is usually, I think, how they go.
2: And this makes me think of Buddy Hackett's duck story. <laughs> Steve and I love to tell. <laughs> it. You crazy. know that joke? The no, duck I'm story. Sure, no. I right, finish this. I'll tell you the duck. Okay. Story.
0: So, so I um. I, I start looking. It's tough to find a place to to do this. I mean, the, you can go to the beach. But, but I'm, I'm not close to a beach. It's a 45-minute hour drive from here, Pasadena, to a beach, right? So I, the, I was looking for someplace close because I want to go early in the morning. But I want to have to wake up at 3 to get someplace by 4 or 4.30 so I can go and do it without, you know, people getting in your way. So then I went on Facebook and I looked for Facebook groups. And I found... Pat, Pasadena Treasure Hunters, I'm like oh, this is awesome. They meet at some Methodist church, but it says they don't meet. They meet on the first Monday of the month, except July, of course. And we missed. I missed the first Monday of the month in June because we'd already re- we recorded after that. So, and I wouldn't be able to make the July one. So it was going to be. It was going to be the August one.
1: I hope they meet in the basement underground. Well, let me
0: finish that story because it gets <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm, I go and I look at the group uh, a couple days ago, and it says, oh, we've decided we're going to have a meeting in July, July 3rd, at the such-and-such Such Methodist Church. Here's the address. I'm looking at the address. I'm like, I do not recognize that street. I've lived in Pasadena for 19 years, <laughs> 18 years, and I'm like, I do not recognize that street.
1: I think I know where this is going. <laughs> There's two Pasadena's. There's the other one's in Texas. Yes, And yes, and this is
0: not the first time I've been tricked by that. <laughs> I looked. I'm like God, and like these people are showing their finds, and they're fucking amazing. Yeah, it's like this guy's got all kinds of like you know little round bullets from some battle somewhere and shit. I'm like, and I'm thinking like the Alamo, where are you a battle, but they're gonna find a bunch of bullets in Southern California. <laughs> I don't think you're going to find anything like that. At Pasadena... We didn't have pitched battles here.
1: Pasadena, California is a very, very, very old section of, of California. Yes. Uh, of L.A. But we didn't have any battles Not there. old we enough had, that we
0: would have forgotten we, battles. We had <laughs> hotels
1: and asylums and mines. Up oh, in sure. The hills, it's full of, like, old mining stuff. Yeah. But even the
2: gunfights were east of here. I mean, we yeah, didn't... Yeah, right. It just
1: wasn't a, you know... Down in the west Texas town of Pasadena.
2: <laughs> no, nobody wrote songs about it.
1: <laughs> so...
0: And then I, so I left the group because it's like, God damn it, it's in fucking Pasadena, Texas. It's like, they have such a good time down there. All the groups oh, that I've tried to join are, are they like,
2: oh, there's a Pasadena group for this. Great.
0: Oh, it's Pasadena, oh, Texas, Pasadena yeah. Texas.
2: You know why? Because you can't find anything in Pasadena, California. No. Nothing's here. Well, there is stuff. I mean,
0: the one thing I noticed is a lot of people were talking about uh, going to beaches and, and, and like – on that particular site for Texas. I, I don't know if Pasadena, Texas is anywhere near a beach. I have no no idea where it is. But it's people were talking about going to the beach. And they'll have like an area by the restroom where you can like hang your towels up. When you go use the restroom, and you come back out and you get your towel. And all of these people said that's a great place to go and detect is underneath where all those towels are hung. Because people will take a ring off. They'll take shit off. Set it on the towel. Go play in the water, come back. Oh, I have Mm. to go to the bathroom. Pick up their towel, not think about it. That's right. Hang it on the hook, and all this shit just falls to the ground, and no one notices. And it's all sand, so it gets covered up.
1: So apparently, that's like a little miniature gold mine. (laughs) Yeah, we were talking about this at rehearsal, there's like t- sort of two classes of Detectorists. There's the people that will go to old homes... I mean, there's some crossover, but there's people that will like maybe go to old ghost towns or old homesteads, and they look for buttons and buckles and nails and stuff like that. And then there's the guys that are like treasure hunters, and they go to old swimming holes, and they go to the beach, and they go underneath the boardwalk, and they're looking for cash and watches and money and cell phones and that kind Shit of Shit, the
0: people lost. So, yeah. yeah, and,
1: and uh, you know, you go online, you can see people that like their, their year-end haul, it's like a bowl full of like gold yeah, coins, coins stuff, and jewelry yeah. and yeah. Uh, bracelets and that kind of stuff and then there's historic guys who are like, yeah, I got an old belt buckle from Puritan times from this old uh, homestead that I was, you know, out in the woods. You're like Right. But and they're both worth money, but there's almost sort of two different mindsets there. So my next
0: my next plan is to start a Facebook group for like Foothills area, Pasadena, Sierra Madre Altadena Metal detectors and see if there's any out there that join. And then say, hey, where can I go to do this? You might have to be a club of one. That's right. So I will be a club of one for a while, but someone else out there might be looking.
1: Uh, you know, if you're going to do it, I might buy one anyway, just to just to see. <laughs> I can't figure out where to go though. Well, kind of the fun of detectoring is sort of like uh, gambling. You know, you don't know what you're going to get. And it's like it could just be over that next hill. It could just be, I don't know, just one more hand, just one more detecting lack of because I because pull that lever it, one more. See, time. like it was
0: me. Like someone said, why don't you just go over this park over here? Well, you might be able to go to the park, it might be legal, it might not be legal. It depends on the city you live in, and I can't find where any
1: ordinances. I'm not I'm not going to walk around yes. with a rifle-looking thing at twilight in Pasadena Park. I'll get shot from a distance, because they don't know what that is. No, you is. take it out of the case. Yeah, but you're waving it around. People don't know what it is, they'll shoot you. But it doesn't it, look, it look doesn't like a rifle. Look, they don't know what it is. It doesn't look, look like it a it rifle. Is. Well, all right. But... <laughs>
0: But and so, but I might go over to this park. But I know as soon as I get the thing out and I turn the thing on, I get the headphones on. Here's gonna come a cop, and he's gonna do a U-turn. And he's gonna come back, and he's gonna wanna know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna find out. Yes, there actually is an ordinance against it. <laughs> I'm
2: gonna get a ticket for fifty dollars. Yeah, 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 they'll take yeah, whatever.
1: It, you'll just find
2: <laughs> I'm, 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 like, bottle
1: caps, pull tabs, pull tabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All anyway, right. but it's worth it. I want to keep us up on the saga here. This will be yeah. like a... Okay. Keep I trying let, every... me, let me... Uh, let me uh, duck story. So duck story.
2: Buddy Hackett took a half hour to tell this joke on the Carson Show, but I'm going to do it in, in a lot less time. So guys from the city wants to go duck hunting. He goes duck hunting, and he uh, shoots... He sees a duck, and he shoots it. Lands on a barn inside somebody else's property. Guy comes out. So, says, what are you doing? He says, I just shot that duck. He goes, that's my duck. So we talk about it's my duck. I just shot that duck. He says, duck landed on my barn, my property. It's my duck. He says, you're from the city, aren't you? He goes, yes, I am. It's my, 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 give me a break, pal. I want my duck back. It's first time out in the country. Well, we're going to settle this country style. Well, what's that? He says, well, I'm going to kick you in the balls as hard as I can, and then you can kick me in the balls as hard as I can, and whoever left standing gets to keep the duck. The city guy goes, well, that's, that's country style. All right, I'll give uh, Sure, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Country guy goes, I'll go first. Bam! Knocks him. Picture Buddy Hackett on the ground, acting out this shot to the groin. Right. Ah, ah, ah. When he finally gets up a half hour later, okay, it's my turn. And the country guy goes, you can keep the duck. <laughs> 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 I don't think I've ever heard you tell that story. Oh, my gosh. It's uh, uh, Steve and I saw that <laughs> story. can K- keep of... that
1: duck. Buddy Hackett was a weird, he had a little lift, And he little...
2: had that voice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was great. It was Chapoopy. Chapoopy. We laughed our heads off, and so did Johnny. All right.
0: So is that is that it are we are we done we're at uh, we're in an hour. It's your show. You tell
2: it's us. It. it seem good? Anything else you want to bring up? Yeah. it's, it's always something else I could talk about, and, and I haven't gotten in my history this week except for the Panama Canal. Well, go. So, so uh, it's happy 4th of July weekend into Tuesday. for Right. So um, we're- For some, those not
0: listening in the United States, this weekend is our 4th of July. It's our
2: Independence Day yes. weekend. And uh, because it's on a Tuesday, some people are taking the whole four days off, and some people have to go back to work. But uh, we are celebrating on July 2nd, tomorrow with uh, my mother and and Stephen and his family, because um, any real uh, student of history knows that July 2nd is the day we should be celebrating it, right?
0: That's when it was approved? Mm. Mm.
2: That's when they voted. We are separating from the King of England. We are separating from England. We are making our own country. July 2nd was the vote. Then they took two days to debate the declaration and sign that thing for the next month, Uh, but the date on the document was the 4th. So... And of course, in seventy six, nobody had any idea if the country would last a year.
3: Right. So we didn't exactly
2: make a holiday out of it, except John Adams wrote his wife and said, "July second is the day we're going to spend with fireworks and bonfires and celebration." July second. This is the big day, and uh, and the
0: whole country out of spite to John John Adams.
2: (laughs) So by the time you know has happened so often, by the time he he dies on the fiftieth anniversary, it's on July fourth, and he's like, you know, I'm okay. Jefferson won again. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. It's the Fourth of July, and and we're both dying today instead of the second when well, we should have. So, anyway, we're so, so uh, I I'm working Thursday uh, on Tuesday because I I tutor young kids, and, and the parents are like, nope, they're going in so uh, I have to work on, on Tuesday the 4th, so I said to Stephen, why don't we celebrate on the 2nd? Like, we should be. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yes, we'll do the 2nd. I and mean, that's may become a new tradition. We may celebrate on the 2nd from now on. Oh, that's good. Anyway, happy Independence Weekend. Growing,
1: growing up, I grew up with a bunch of Anglophiles, and uh, they would celebrate Guy Fawkes Day. This is before V came out, so people right. didn't know what it was. Now it's much more globally right. accepted. So they would celebrate Guy Fawkes bonfire? Day. bonfire? And, and every year, the firemen would show up wondering why there was like this bonfire in their backyard. And they're like, it's Guy Fawkes Day. And <laughs> to which they would get looked at funny. And
2: A Fox, F F A W K E S. Yes. Fox, yeah. right.
0: That reminds me of something. I've been watching the Stargate television series, mm-hmm. the original Stargate SG-1, and then also uh, Atlantis. And the only reason I bring this up, because you brought up Guy Fox, Guy Fox, and bonfires, and that made me think of Burning Man. And like uh, Guy Fox, Fox was the name of the Phoenix in uh, in Harry Potter, right?
1: Yep, same, spelled oh. the same. Get it, Burning, Burning yeah. Bird. Yeah. Anyway,
0: so um, I can't remember the name of the actress that plays the the the, the, the basic gist of Stargate Atlantis is they figured out how to use the Stargates to get to a whole other galaxy. So they're going to this other galaxy, trying to find the lost city of Atlantis because they think it may have been this ancient civilization of human-like people that, like, all these stories filtered down through, you know, Mm. thousands of years. And so they they go on this expedition to find the city, and the woman who's in charge, her character had been introduced in the other series, Stargate SG-1, in the previous season. But it was a whole different actress. Ooh. It was this blonde woman... And she was she did that one episode where she basically came in and kind of took over the Stargate command for a little while and then then left again. But the plan was they were going to bring her back for the first season of Atlantis. And she was going to be like the head of the Atlantis thing. And suddenly whole different actress is now here
1: playing the same character with the same name different actress it's like it's like when they switch Darren's in the middle of Bewitched you just don't <laughs> do, right. you just don't switch actors right it's Dick Sargent and Dick, Dick York. York Yeah. sergeant replaced York at, at least they th- were both
2: dicks there was a third wasn't there a third guy that played no no, no just, just was the, it just the two two dicks. just the two just two dicks I thought
1: there was another guy in there Anyway, we're, we're old, but which was a show that was on, I think, maybe when we were born. 70s? <laughs> we should
0: mention, 60s, early we 70s. should
2: mention Guy Fox too. What, what exactly is Guy Fawkes? But let, let, let me finish this oh, real oh. quick.
0: So, as soon as I notice it's a different actress, I'm like, right away, pause. Okay, why the fuck did this happen? I want to know. So, I start digging, and it took me a while to find it, because this is something no one talked about. Turns out the original actress was a burner. She went to Burning Man. And this is, back in the, this is back when Burning Man wasn't as huge as it is now. It was still big, but it wasn't like it is today. Is this Claudia Christensen? No, it's not Claudia Christensen. I don't remember her name. She was a blonde woman, though. Okay. Well, that Claudia Christensen out. is a brunette. Yes.
1: Um, it was also in a science fiction show. Yes. And it's also a different si-
0: Different science fiction show. But, but she used to go out with a bunch of actor friends, and they would set up some kind of theater thing out there and do this thing. So she did, apparently when they were filming the one or two episodes she was in of Stargate SG-1, she, Burning Man happened, and they wanted to have her come in, and she says, I can't. And her, she talked to her agent, and her agent said, well, don't tell him you're doing Burning Man, because this <laughs> is still at a point when, it, well, that's a bunch of filthy naked hippies out in the middle yeah. of the <laughs> desert smoking pot, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so she, so her, her, uh, her agent tells her and she told this story somewhere that's where I got all this from her agent said well don't tell him it's that tell him it's a family reunion and you can't get out of it she's like okay I'll tell him that that's kind of true because I figured they're my family that kind of thing so she goes and says I got a family reunion I can do this okay so they have to bump the whole schedule unfortunately the writers and the producers of the show found out that she actually went to Burning Man so that was the end of that (laughs) They got pissed and they re- and they recast it for yep. someone else. Yeah, I That's don't know, thing. but that when I, as
1: I read through that, I'm like, <clears throat>
0: fucking burners
1: <laughs> or actors. You know, they want to do like community theater. And they want to do something burlesque. You know, and it's sure. just it's frowned upon from other people. That's like you know, television and movies. that are somewhat removed. From- and
0: and also, I mean, uh, at the time, well, they were on. That wasn't sci-fi, so I don't know what they were like. But like network television is always very sketchy if you're out doing something that is known for a lot of nudity and a lot of drugs and they cast you in one of their shows. It's like, because they they have, I mean, up until very recently, they had morals clause and shit like that.
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, yeah, because they don't want uh, to lose any viewers. Right, and you represent the studio. It's like you're
1: always kind of that person back, way back in the studio systems, they would curate these actors and they had an image and they would go back and that's a whole thing. The whole, the whole disconnect about being a performing, performing artist anyway, whether you're a musician, actor and all that is really, really tricky because, well, it's, even from a creative standpoint, you want to do your own thing, and yet you still have to eat. So you have to you have to do things. You have to sing jingles or go be a studio musician, and you, what you really want to yeah. be doing is something else. You want to be playing jazz. Right.
4: Well, you um, got to
1: film that commercial when you want to be doing when you, you want know, to be doing Shakespeare, yeah. you, and you don't even necessarily want to be making money. You want to be doing your art. Yeah. So you go off to Burning Man and do your own art thing, and then right. you get chastised for it because you're not doing paying the bills. Orson
2: Wells did P commercials, a uh, P like the the. Food, not
1: the... He also did wine commercials. Wine commercials. to no so
0: make the
2: money so he could do his theater pieces. What was that? We sell no wine before it's time. Er, Ernest and Julio Gallo? Something. G- like. I think it
0: was Ernest and Julio Gallo. Yeah. We shall sell no wine, wine before, before it's
2: time. I shall drink it before we sell it, but <laughs> I'll We should it before we, we talk, shoot the commercial.
1: We could talk about being a creative... And having to, you know, you end up having
2: to quote sell out, which is really unfair. That's because even Mozart out. was like doing, was everyone, getting paid to do his music. Everyone knows these guys don't make a lot of money, and when you got a chance to make it, you make it. You Fuck make it yeah. exactly. That's damn right.
1: And so, you know, yes, you want to go off and be creative and do your own improv theater thing, and yet yeah. you're paying your bills by going to StarGate, and you should be punished for that, right?
3: right.
1: But that that she also lied. <laughs> That's probably what got her
0: in trouble. It Probably irritated yeah. the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah. But they probably wouldn't. Have, they probably
1: said, "No, you can't go." Right. And then, then they would have re- recast her right then. Well, they would have. It's true because because yeah. there's you know five thousand people all making you know thousand dollars a minute that they now have to reschedule and re. It's not just you. So
0: right. All right we should we should probably end this because because the wives are going to be here in seven minutes to...
2: When he says wives, he means
0: the merry wives of Windsor. Okay. I'm recording. And
2: being you know, being a working musician, you have to make money. So, so their going to rent your studio. CD. Out. Yes, congratulations so. to the wives on their tenth CD.
1: That's amazing. Isn't yes. that great? They always do great products. I'm i oh, yeah. looking forward to hearing from it. Yeah, it will be good.
2: Guy Fox. Uh, oh yeah, real quick. Uh, he uh, it was a plot to blow up Parliament. He actually smuggled gunpowder underneath parliament's it's gunpowder plot but he was in caught the he was caught red-handed underneath the, the, the literally like with the match with a, in hand. the match and a, and, a, and a fuse in his hand
1: and the 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 it's in V it's the central the theme yeah, in V the and and the, the the rhyme goes remember remember the 5th of November yeah. gunpowder treason and plot yeah. I see no reason that gunpowder treason should ever be forgot
2: to Limerick yeah there once was a man from N- N- Nantucket N- Nantucket we carried his balls in a bucket. Yeah. had such a long could suck oh, Yeah, the is from there. Again,
1: <laughs> in the tradition of folk music, there's two different... Which variant
0: sense. are we going to go with?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I think that's it.
0: All right. So thank you for joining us, and uh, we're just going to end it right here. Sit down. Yep. Peace out. Bye. Up. See Bye. you next time. It'll be a couple weeks. Sorry we can't do this every week, because there's just no way we can do this every week. It's just... It takes... I mean, because this is... We're in hour three... Since we started no, and,
1: and not including all of the no know this everybody those two songs you heard we showed up we we went through it rehearsed and we recorded it right before we came here and did the podcast and we basically did all of that in an hour an hour,
0: and so, hour and a half so there's yeah. a lot of
1: ground that we're traveling here so yeah you know. I don't know what that means, whether you should be impressed or not, but that's what we are. (laughs) What what do you want, a medal? I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. It's your idea. I know.
0: So so the next episode will be out in a couple weeks. I can't tell you when, and I'm not going to make a promise I can't keep. But we'll learn
4: two new songs and put out two more songs. Yep. Yep.
0: All
1: right. Thank you. Peace out.
3: One, two, three, four.